So once again, thank you for joining us. I hope that you'll join us on Sunday because I know it's Memorial Day and, you know, it seems like there's a holiday. You know, sometimes during the year it's like holiday after holiday. Just, you know, uh, so if let's, let's be in church on Sunday and let's worship our Lord. Yeah. All right, we're going to jump into the Gospel of John this evening. I would encourage you to get a Bible, number one, even though we're going to have this on the screen. Uh, Josh is going to put these scriptures on the screen. But also, you need to know how to get around your Bible. One of the benefits, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I have, uh, I have the Word of God, I guess, in every kind of thing that you, you know, every venue, yeah. every tool. I have it digitally. Uh, I have it on my phone. I have it on my computer. But the thing is, that when you have a physical Bible in your hand, then you you get proximity of where the books are mm-hmm. where everything is and and I th- so don't don't get rid of your physical bible even though the others are more you know it's handy and it's great technology and we we embrace it we need to have a physical bible just because it's you know it's 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 great to have a physical bible you can see where verses are in connection with one context, another yeah. it gives you context on where the poetical books are where the historical books are where the gospels are, mm-hmm. where the you know general epistles, etc. So I was guilty because you were like, Stephanie, make sure you ring your Bible," and I was like, "Oh, you're gonna have your yeah, <laughs> I was okay, my see. phone because I always use my phone." But mm-hmm. I have to say that I really like. Well, yeah, shamed you into it, didn't I? You really did. Hey, well, you know, I loved if it's, it. It, well, if it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit or <laughs> shame from the preacher, hey, we'll, we'll take, shoot the message. Yeah, well, yeah, and no. I was like, "Pretty, bring me my Bible." Yeah, bring <laughs> your Bible. All right, so let's. We're gonna get into this this evening, and and and. Uh, you know, we want to have a good, enjoyable time, but we also understand that, that the Word of God is a serious thing, right. and, mm-hmm. and we approach it as the very Word of God. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's going to speak to us. So really, uh, mm-hmm. where this came from is in actually Dr. Thompson, about around the you know, 1900, early 1900s, he started uh, this, and, and, but he, he pointed out 21 portraits of Jesus in the Gospel of John, 21 of them. And the first one is in this first chapter, and we see Jesus as the Son of God. We, his deity is portrayed, and we're going to see that mm-hmm. as, we, as we get into this. So let, let, me, let me just look at and give you this as background again, and then we'll jump into We're going to read the verses. They'll be on the screen. But uh, what we have there again is the portrait of Jesus as the Son of God. His deity is portrayed. Now, here's what we need to understand about this gospel there are not four Gospels. Okay, there are not four Gospels. How many Gospels are there? One. There's one Gospel. Mm-hmm. All right, not four. <laughs> She's like, this is a trick question. This is, okay, <laughs> I'm going to give you a quiz here. And I'm so surprised you didn't turn and face me and ask you that. <laughs> there's not four Gospels. Mm-hmm. There's one Gospel. And, and even early, early on in the, in the church, they, they realize there's not four Gospels. Mm-hmm. It's the same story. There's, mm-hmm. there's a fourfold Gospel. Mm-hmm. There, in other words, there's a Gospel with four voices, four different perspectives mm-hmm. on the life of Jesus, but it is the it is the gospel. In fact, uh, a gentleman I quoted him Sunday named Origen, he realized that there wasn't four gospels. He he's called it the fourfold gospel. Mm-hmm. So this is he lived from 185 A.D. to 254. So that's early on. It's right after the apostles. Mm-hmm. So they they understand this as a fourfold gospel. In John's gospel. Is unique. We know that it's the last written. Mm-hmm. Now, you made mention that in this in the movie called the what is it? Oh, the, it's the new series. Series, mm-hmm. the chosen. The chosen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so John was writing in the in the movie. Yeah, depicted. in the second season and the first episode. Yes, they're all reflecting on you know what Christ had done on the cross and how long it's been since he had passed away, and um, they're writing it. And it starts with John. And what did I ask you? How, How old, old was he? he? How old was John when he was writing in the movie? Mm-hmm. Well, we think he's about 34, 35. That's what he looks mm-hmm. like. Okay, so about the, in his 30s. Yeah. When did, when did, and I already said that, I already <laughs> I gave you the, the answer. So when did John write this gospel? He was probably 90. He close to 90. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they guess 80 to 95 mm-hmm. is, is when it is. So wow. he's not a young man. He's not 30, he's not 35. Yeah. But he's no, he's an old man. Yeah. I'm just thinking, okay. how did you remember that? That's what I was thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you Amazing. should have well, wrote well, it when we, you were 35. Well, there it goes. <laughs> we also have the doctrine of inspiration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not, this is this the, is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy yeah. Spirit anointed right, them right. to write the canon, to write the the words. Mm-hmm. And so, and so, but it's also interesting 
that uh, last one written, but also it's different. This mm-hmm. gospel is different than the synoptic. The sy- synoptic means to set side by side. Matthew, Mark, and Luke mm-hmm. are the mm-hmm. synoptics. So here's here's something unique. And what's unique is, it's unique. One of the reasons is what John leaves out. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's what he leaves out. John leaves out the birth of Jesus, the baptism of Jesus, the temptation, the confrontation with demons, Many of the most of the parables, the Last Supper, the agony uh, in in the garden, and uh, the ascension. So That's John right. John leaves a, a lot of those details out. So he, but he, and here's also another difference: the Matthew, Mark, and Luke center in Jesus for, for the most part, Jesus' ministry in Galilee. Mm-hmm. John centers his writings of Jesus' ministry in Jerusalem. In fact. The, the more than half of John is about the last, the very last days of Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. So those last days when Jesus is heading to the cross, those last moments, those last conversations, those last teaching, mm-hmm. all of that he they center on. So it's very very different. And and then uh, quickly by way of introduction again, a rehearsal, <laughs> a refreshing, uh, is that the Gospels have Jesus coming from different origins. In other words, mm-hmm. in Matthew, he comes from Abraham through David, mm-hmm. and the theme is Jesus, the promised Messiah. In Mark, he comes from Nazareth, and he's seen as the servant. Mm-hmm. In Luke, he comes from Adam, and he's the perfect man. The son of man is a messianic mm-hmm. term used many times, uh, even in the Old Testament, Daniel. But in John, he comes from heaven. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's one gospel, four voices, he, and, and, and he is the son of God, and that's what we're going to see here. Mm. And uh, even though John's gospel is the last of the, of the gospels, what we have is it's not complete. And the reason mm-hmm. is because the story's too big. Mm-hmm. You could never write the story. You can, and, and in fact, it says, says in John 21, verse 25, he says, and and. And Josh, you can put this on the screen. John 21, 25 says, and there are also many other things mm-hmm. that Jesus did. There's probably many, many other miracles, probably hundreds of miracles he did. There's things he did. It says, and if they were all, if they were written one by one, he said, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books wow. that would be written. Wow. So, so many more things. But this, this is what the Holy Spirit has chosen has selected for to give book, us. Yeah. These are the words. So the author of this book is who? John. Or really. Who's his brother? John and John and James. John and James. Who's his dad? Now we did this oh, last wait, week, wait, so wait. I'm giving you a quiz. Okay, but Salome Salome is their mom, right? I think so. <laughs> but his dad is named what? Zebedee. 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 Okay, Zebedee. There it. we go. Okay. Oh, I'm glad okay. You asked that question. Now now those of you that are those of you that are joining us online, so don't 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 down these. I'm, you may not have gotten this either, right? So I'm sure Brad's like. So come his, on, yeah, 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 Brad could have gotten it. Uh, the Apostle oh, John. Okay, John. He's. They were. What was their occupation? When Jesus chose them, they were fishermen. They were yeah, cleaning. Like, they were cleaning <laughs> cleaning their nets. Written about eighty ninety to ninety or ninety five A D. Now here it is. The purpose of this book is to inspire faith in Jesus mm-hmm. as the Son of God. Who, who was it written to? It was written to seekers who wanted to examine the life of Jesus mm-hmm. and believers to strengthen them in the faith. Yeah. And the, the main theme is this, to an encounter with Jesus demands a response. Mm-hmm. You may reject him, you may accept him, but it That's demands some mm-hmm. kind of response. And those mm-hmm. who believe receive what? Eternal life. Eternal life. Mm-hmm. And those who reject Jesus the Bible says mm-hmm. are still under condemnation, mm-hmm. and the key ver- the key word is believe, 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 believe. And, mm-hmm. and and by the way, we're going to see that mm-hmm. we're going to see Jesus, the Son of God, in chapter one, as we we read on down through this. What we're going to see is this theme of believing. We're going to see people start believing in Him. Mm-hmm. We're going to see men start following Jesus. The key verse is the one I read. It says, he says uh, in twenty one twenty five. This is a key verse. And there are many other things that Jesus did. Uh, I'm sorry, I think it's 20, 
31. I have it right here. Yeah, go ahead. 31. I think this is the one you're talking about. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. That's the key. All right. I love that. We talked about this last week, but that it's an initial belief, but then it's a continuing believing. Mm -hmm. We're going to pick it up in verse 6, but I want to read down to that. John chapter 1, verse 1. We've covered this, but in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. And the word was God. Jesus is the word. He is with God and he is God. He was in the beginning with God. Jesus is eternal. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. He's Mm -hmm. eternal. He's God. He's with God from all eternity past. He's had no beginning. He has no ending. He is the creator of the world. Verse four, in him was life and that life was the light of men. He created bios life. He created physical life. Mm -hmm. But he also, in this book here, He's going to give us, offer us kingdom life and eternal yes. life. And here, verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And the marginal note says it could be overcome it. Mm-hmm. Both are very acceptable. Now, let's look at verse 6. Let's pick it up there. <clears throat> Kenzie, would you read verse 6? Mm-hmm. Just verse 6? There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Okay, go ahead and read. The, go ahead. This, seven, yeah, go ahead and read down. Okay, this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Okay, so here we have this character shows up, and here's another John. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is it the same John who wrote this book? No. No, No, it's another John. Okay. So this John is not the, this John is not, uh, and and notice here in in this, in this gospel, he is not focused on as the baptizer, John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. He's the witness. Mm. Now notice that. Mm -hmm. Other gospels, see, there's a little difference here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is who? This is John the Baptist. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is, this is. Now, this is someone who's in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So who, who is he related to Jesus? They were cousins. Yeah. Jesus and John the Baptist were cousins. Now, they were both, their, their births were both unique mm-hmm. in the sense that it was prophesied mm-hmm. that, that they would both be born. And uh, they were both born, in a sense, supernatural, yet, yet Jesus surpassed, surpassed mm-hmm. it because yeah. he was born like no, other, no one else mm-hmm. was born. Right. And uh, so what we have here is this witness sent. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So we have the call of God on this prophet. Now, John mm-hmm. is really the end of the prophets. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this stream of prophecies, really from Genesis 3.15, where that, you know, the prophecy mm-hmm. of Messiah and there's these stream of prophets, and they all were basically saying, Messiah's coming. Mm-hmm. Someone's coming. A Savior's coming. A Redeemer's coming. You know, and then and there was different, you know, pictures and portions of the way God spoke. And, and John, it, it, Jesus said, of, of, of men born of women, mm-hmm. there's not been one greater than John, John the Baptist. Now, one of the reasons he said that it's because John saw what all those thousands of years, all those other prophets were mm-hmm. prophesying about. John was the one to deliver it. He got to see mm-hmm. it. Right. So he's the, he's the end of the prophets in that sense. That's cool. All the way. There was a man sent from God. Now notice this. He was sent from, from God. God. This, is the, this is the call of God. I won't take time to really talk about the call of God. But there's this call of God on this man. Mm-hmm. And notice, notice verse 7. This man came for a witness. That's why he came. He to bear witness of the light. Now, the light, of course, is, is Jesus. That, that through him, uh, that all through him might believe. This is why he came. Mm-hmm. Right. He came and he's witnessing. Mm-hmm. He is a witness. Now, the word witness here has to do with martyrdom also. You know, but mm-hmm. we're, we're witnesses. He's witnessing of the light. Now... It's, it's clear here that it says that he was not that light, mm-hmm. but he was sent to bear witness of the light. Now, no man, now we may be reflectors of light. Mm-hmm. Even Jesus said in Matthew, 
you are the light of the world. Mm -hmm. But we're not the source of light. No man is the source of life. Uh, No church is a source of life. No organization, no denomination is the source of life, light Mm -hmm. and life. There's only one source Mm -hmm. of life, and that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, it's important here. I don't have time, you know, really, and I don't know that it would, I don't know if everybody would bear with me to talk about. This is written in the backdrop of of the, the, the Gnostic heresy of the New Testament. The Gnostic heresy believed in a sense that, you know, special revelations were given to you. And they, they had some weird beliefs about matter, about physical matter, that matter was evil. And so they denied the, they denied the incarnation of Jesus because in their thought, in their false thinking, matter's evil. How could God become man, mm-hmm. physical man? You know, then they come up with some weird doctrines. He wasn't really a man. He was just a phantom. Mm-hmm. You know, just a lot of weird, weird stuff. But the fact is... That's not what Scripture says. That's not what the Scripture <laughs> says, right, exactly. Verse 8. He was not that light, but is sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, so let me ask you this. Aren't there many ways to God? Aren't there many ways to eternal life? No. No. Not? Oh, wow. Surely surely God's a God of variety, right? I mean, he can come up with a bunch of ways. No, no, that's not what the scripture teaches. He says here, He's the true light that gives light to every man coming in the world. There's one light. Mm -hmm. There's one life. There's one Savior. And we're seeing it here in this first chapter. We're seeing the very Son of God Mm -hmm. being revealed. And John's witnessing about him. So let's read on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 10 says, he, Jesus, was in the world. That's amazing. God, now think about it. God, the Word, the Logos, that was with God, that was with God in the beginning, that created all things, all of a sudden, the creator came into the world. He created. Mm -hmm. So what's the circumstances around him coming into the world? I mean, this is is the Christmas story, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit came on Mary. Yeah. And that which was conceived in her, Mm -hmm. the Most High will overshadow you, the Mm -hmm. power of the Most High. Mm -hmm. And so the Holy Spirit placed Jesus in the womb of Mary. Yeah. He was supernaturally conceived, mm-hmm. and he came into the world. You know, we were in Bethlehem, and they, we went to the church there, and they have a spot there. They said they believe right here is where mm-hmm. Jesus that. was born. Now, they probably made a lot of money on that spot. <laughs> I don't know if that's a spot or not. But fa- the fact is, God was in the world. He was in the world. The Word was in the world. The Logos was in the world, and the world was made through him. The world. Now, now think about this. The world was made through him, mm-hmm. and the world did not know him. That, that's what I was meditating on today, and it's just mind-boggling to think, how do you become a subject, which I know yes. we talked about this last week, that really it was a laying aside of his prerogatives, Yes. but became subject to the very thing that he created, Yes. the very place that he created, that he walked the earth that he created, yes. and then to look at the face of humans that he formed from the dust of the earth, and yet they didn't even recognize him as it's, the creator. Yeah. It's a humility and a condensation, mm-hmm. a condescending yeah. that is, it's beyond comprehension that the mm-hmm. Son of God, the creator of the world, would come become a part of the creation in a sense. And it made me think of Philippians you know, too. Come a part of the, the world he created, become a man. Yeah. And, and notice this, the world did not know him. So this goes mm-hmm. back up to they did not comprehend. He mm-hmm. came in the world, did not comprehend. Yeah. So, so what happened? How could he create a world and the world not know him? Mm-hmm. Okay, doesn't this go back to Genesis 3? And the, the doctrine is the fall of man. Mm-hmm. Man is a fallen being. I read today, 43%. Now, I don't, I mean, not all the millennials in the world were polled. But whoever, whoever was in the poll, 43% of millennials that were polled said they don't believe in God, they don't care about God, they don't want anything to do That's with scary. God. 43% of those polled. So he, Jesus came in the world that did not know him. and they're So in the fall of man, we, we lost uh, the image of God. 
We lost a relationship with God. We lost our knowledge of God. Instead of being God conscious, we became self-focused, self-conscious. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the world we live in today. Mm-hmm. A world that is fallen from God. Mm-hmm. And, and then notice verse 11. It says, he came to his own. Now, he came to his own. Uh, the marginal note says, the things of his own domain. And his own, that means his own people. people. You know, the human beings, but here Israel also, mm-hmm. the Jewish people. And it said uh, he came to his own, and his own didn't receive him. Not only did they not know him, mm-hmm. when he came to reveal himself to them, they rebelled against him mm-hmm. and rejected him. And, of course, we know it's going to end on, you know, on the cross and then in the grave and, uh, you know, uh, resurrection, of course. Mm-hmm. But here is a marvelous, verse 12 is incredible. Yeah. Verse 12 so he comes into the world that he's created. He's the son of God. He's the life. He's the light. John comes and is, is the witness and saying he's pointing to the light. And isn't that what we should be doing? Mm-hmm. We should be pointing to Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, Stephanie is our, our lead worship leader. You know, we need to be pointing people to Jesus. Yes. You know, we need to be preaching and lifting up Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and here it says, he came to his own, owned it and received him. But look at this conjunction. Stephanie, read verse 12, if you would. I will. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born of natural descent, nor of children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So we have this incredible privilege that God is offering us eternal life. It's going to become more clear as we go through this book, especially when we see the divine teacher in the third chapter as him and Nicodemus, and he's teaching about what eternal life is. Mm-hmm. He is offering us the right. He has created the way so that we can, have, we can become his children. Now, yeah. not everyone's God's children. Mm-hmm. Okay, as I said, man is a fallen creature. Mm-hmm. Man is fallen. All people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, but here, we can become part of this family. Mm-hmm. You know, when you read the t- when you read the scripture, the thing about the kingdom of God, there are two kingdoms in the world. Mm-hmm. There's a kingdom of God. There's a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness. Mm-hmm. And this privilege of coming into the kingdom. You know, this kingdom has become so real to me. And this is what this verse is really about. We become the right to become God's children, adopted children. Now, how, how, how is this going to happen? It says, those who believe mm-hmm. on his name. You know, the epistles are going to be more clear about, mm-hmm. you know, it's by grace, through faith, that not of yourself, etc. Right. And, and as Stephanie's read, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God's created eternal life. Mm-hmm. It's not something we can earn. Mm-hmm. It's not something that through our natural descent, like mm-hmm. like even, even when John is preaching in Matthew, they said, you know, Abraham's our father. And he said, God's <laughs> able to raise stones. There's no grandchildren in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, there's no grandchildren <laughs> in the kingdom. Uh, God's able to raise stones and make mm-hmm. them his children. Wow. So, so we, we, and we get this, that it's not... It's not the natural descent right. that gives you the right, but it's 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 becoming a child of God by mm-hmm. faith. Here, not born of that. And then he says, now there again, he he circles back around here, and we're talking about the word again. Kinsey, read verse fourteen. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the one begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay. What what about this word glory? We beheld his glory. What did, remember we talked about the tabernacle? Yeah. So I was looking at this verse and the word dwelt, that he dwelt among us means tabernacled, right. which made me think of the Old Testament, exactly. the tabernacle. Exactly. And how the outside of the tabernacle, I can't exactly remember the material that was used, yes. but it wasn't, it wasn't an immaculate thing. It was right. pretty you know, normal, but the inside of the tabernacle was beautiful and immaculate. And, and so we look at Jesus and I was thinking about this verse in Isaiah 53 that says he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. So from that verse, it shows that from the outside and, and that's why we see, you know, they didn't receive him and they didn't know him. So the type is true. Yeah. 
the Old Testament type of the of the tabernacle where it had the badger skin and they yes. were it wasn't beautiful. Right. But yet you go inside mm-hmm. and it's glorious. Mm-hmm. Illustrating Jesus. Il- illustrating the uh, Jesus and Isaiah said there was no beauty that they would mm-hmm. desire him. Yeah. I mean he was from Nazareth. We're going to see that. Mm-hmm. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Right. right. He was a servant. He was from a poor family. Uh, I mean I mean the epitome of humility. But yet, in mm-hmm. inside it says in Colossians, it said he was the fullness of the Godhead in bodily mm-hmm. form. Yeah, amazing, amazing. So the mm-hmm. word came to dwell, just like the, uh, Moses built the temple, mm-hmm. and the glory of the Lord, the mm-hmm. tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord came upon the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. There was a pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud and pillar yeah. of fire. The glory of God was there. Moses would go meet with God face to face in the place that he had created there, and then here it says. That glory came to dwell among us in the person of Jesus Christ. And it says this, he's full of grace and he's full of truth. Mm-hmm. He's full of grace and truth. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The, the gospel offers the fullness of God's grace. Where the Old Testament offered partial, p- partial shadows. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a schoolmaster to bring us to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 15. Here we're back to John. John bore witness of him, and he cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me. In other words, Jesus physically on the earth was born after Jesus. Six months after, right? And then it says, He is preferred before me, for he was before me. So there again, corresponding with the first part of this chapter, that he was with God in the beginning. Yeah, so chronologically, he was... He was before, but in deity, he He surpassed. Yeah, Yeah. there's no beginning, no ending. Verse Mm -hmm. 16, and of his fullness we have received and grace for grace. Mm -hmm. Now, here, here, there again, the background of this is against the Gnostic heresy. Mm -hmm. Now, let me just give you this. So, So of his fullness, when you see Jesus, you see God in the flesh. Mm -hmm. Fully God, okay? Fully God. Okay, now the Gnostics believed that Jesus, and they taught that Jesus was just one of the emanations of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, to get to God, you had to have all of these experiences. You know, you had to have this mystical experience, and you get a little closer to God. And that mm-hmm. mystical experience, and you get a little closer to God. Mm-hmm. And on and on. And you go through these cycles of, of, of mystical, weird experiences, and even the worship of angels and all of this. Well, they believed that Jesus wasn't fully God. He was just an emanation on the road to these experiences. Mm. The Bible absolutely contradicts that. Mm -hmm. It says this in Colossians, that you are complete in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that means this. I don't need an angel. I don't need some weird experience. What I know is this. When I place my faith in Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. I'm fully reconciled to God. Now, of course, there's going to be final salvation, but we are justified Mm -hmm. and we have a relationship with God. And as it said here in verse 12, we become God's children. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Where do we get that from? From Jesus. All the blessings of God. Mm-hmm. Now listen, this is very important. If we're going to be New Testament Christians mm-hmm. and Bible Christians, the Bible teaches this, that all the blessing is in Jesus Christ. It'll come through the Holy Spirit. But what does what does Ephesians 1.3 say? Do you remember that? No, but I can look. <laughs> You don't remember? It says that in him we are blessed with how many spiritual blessings? Three of them, four of them? All. Come on, guys. Hey, I'm about to give you guys a test (laughs) here. I'm picking on y'all. Look at this here. Look at this. It says this fullness. Look at this here. It says in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Mm-hmm. Here it says, of his fullness we received. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness, justification, mm-hmm. election. Yeah. F- everything we need is in Jesus. There's mm-hmm. power in the name of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. why we pray in his name. Yes. Because of his fullness, we draw out of those spiritual blessings. Mm-hmm. We don't need Jesus plus something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't need Jesus plus something else. Yeah. When we have Jesus, we got it all. Mm-hmm. All the treasures of God's blessing. Mm-hmm. Everything we'll need. Healing and blessing <laughs> and strength and grace. Everything is in See, Jesus. Maria's got her back. She said, I, I wouldn't have known. 
I definitely wouldn't have known. <laughs> Thank you, Maria. Tests will come in a little while. So at verse 16 again, and of his fullness we receive grace for grace. And, and mm-hmm. some translations say one blessing after another. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, here's the thing. Grace for grace. Uh, let's, let's look at the next verse. It says, for the law was given through Moses, mm-hmm. but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what we're seeing here, now there was grace in the Old Testament. You know, there's people that say, well, you know, there was law in the Old Testament, certainly. There was, there's grace in the New Testament. Well, but the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it may not use that word, but God's grace, God's kindness over and over again is seen how God graciously saved and gave blessing in the law, but it wasn't the fullness of blessing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the sacrificial system was a grace because it was bringing them back into right relationship. Absolutely. There was blessing. I mean, Paul even acknowledges in the book of Romans where he talks about the blessing, the blessings that God gave Israel and the Mm. grace that God, that the Lord gave them. And he talks about in, uh, was it Romans 9 verse, verse 3, for I wish that myself would be a curse for my brethren, my countrymen, verse 4. Who are Israelites pertaining to the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises of whom are the fathers, that's all the, you know, the patriarchs, and from whom according to the flesh came Jesus, overall and eternity blessed, amen. So God gave many, many blessings, yeah. but I can tell you this, as Hebrews says, we have a better covenant. Yeah, for sure. We, we have not even scratched the surface Mm-mm. Of the grace and the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth. Now, look at verse, Kinsey, read verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, has he has declared him. Now, here, this word, no one has seen God at any time. No one's seen God face to face. Jesus has. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there were, there were theophanies in the Old Testament. The Bible mm-hmm. said the elders saw God. But they didn't see God face mm-hmm. to face. They didn't see the mm-hmm. full. No one can see mm-hmm. the the outraying of the glory of God and live. But yet Jesus was with the Father, and, and mm-hmm. it really means face to face from wow. all eternity past. And so who could reveal God but God's Son? Right. Mm-hmm. The one and only God's mm-hmm. Son. Wow. He was in the bosom of the Father. He has declared him. Now, now we're back to John. Uh, verse 19. Now, this is the testimony of John. When the Jews, when the, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, they, here's what they asked. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Now, the priests were those that, that did the sacrifices, and the Levites were really the, the helpers of the, <coughs> pardon me, of the, around the, taber, the, the tabernacle mm-hmm. or the temple. So they said, who are you? I mean, so what we're having here, guys, we're having this incredible revival that breaks out. I mean, people are coming from all over Jerusalem to this very strange man named John, mm-hmm. John the Baptizer. So he's wearing uh, camel's hair. Mm-hmm. He's has a strange diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, locusts and wild honey, which is not a bug. Well, they say that. I don't know that that's Remember true. Remember we went to Israel? I know, but okay. that's, yeah. I have, that just amazed me when we went to Israel. Yeah, Sorry, that may be true, may that. not be true. Well, okay. well, we know. We could say this. Had a very sparse yeah. diet. Yeah, strict. Uh, strict diet. Uh, he's uh, courageous to the to the maximum. I mean, he, he rebukes <laughs> kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fearless. And yet, this great revival. He's a marvelous, powerful preacher. All these people are coming. I mean, it gets the notice of the nation. Mm-hmm. And here come the religious leaders who were kind of the, the guardians of the spirituality in the nation. Mm-hmm. And it says here, they came, who are you? So here's what John says. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the Savior. I'm not the Messiah. Some people are saying, who, is, this guy, is this guy the Messiah? You know, in a day when people want to be everything, you know, people are so, you know, self-importance type mm-hmm. thing. Here he said, I'm not the Christ. Yeah. I'm not your savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No preacher's your savior. No yeah. spiritual leader's your savior. Mm-hmm. Okay. It says, and they ask him, who are you? Are you Elijah? Why do, why do you say that? Because it was prophesied that Elijah would come. would come. Yeah. In fact, it was one of the last prophecies mm-hmm. in Malachi that Elijah would come. Now, mm-hmm. 
Jesus said John was Elijah. You realize that? But it, but mm-hmm. what he meant was he had an Elijah-like ministry. Yeah. yeah. He had an Elijah-like ministry. He wasn't the the you know the, the he wasn't Elijah, but he had an Elijah-like mm-hmm. ministry. He said he said I'm not I'm not verse twenty one. Are are you the prophet? He said no. Now who's the prophet? Moses prophesied in chapter eighteen of Deuteronomy says one's a prophet's going to come like me similar to me he said nope not him hmm. and then they said who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us what, what do you say about yourself now look at this <laughs> read, read verse 23 he said i am the voice of one crying in the wilderness make straight the way of the lord as the prophet isaiah said so he says i'm, I'm just a voice i'm just a voice mm-hmm. now it's mm-hmm. interesting how many here's a man that has a ministry here's a man that has a ministry one of the most significant ministries in the history of the world. One of the most important ministries. And by the way, I don't think his ministry was very long. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that this. I don't know that this was a year revival. Was wow. it six months? Was it eight months? It wasn't as long as we think. Okay. Um, could have been a year. Could have been a year and a half. I don't know. I haven't. I don't think it's long. But but here, John has one of the most significant ministries in the history of the world. And his ministry was prophesied how far in advance? Hundreds of years, right? 700 years before he came. Mm-hmm. They said, want a voice. Yep. And, and God called this man named John, and he is a voice. He said, and he quoted the scripture, I'm a voice of mm-hmm. one crying in the wilderness. Make straight, make straight the way of the Lord. So, so John's ministry was a ministry of preparation. He's, mm-hmm. He was saying... Uh, Prepare your heart. Jesus is coming. Let's get the let's get stuff out of our lives. Let's get the hindrances out of our lives. Now, shouldn't we be saying that today? Mm-hmm. Isn't Jesus coming? Yep. All right. Yeah. We need to say, you better get your heart mm-hmm. right. You better get your heart right. The mm-hmm. Lord is going to come. You don't yeah. want him to come with a bunch of sin in your heart. And then it says, verse 24, those who were sent were from uh, the Pharisees. And it says, and they ask him saying, why then do you baptize if you're not Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Now, here's the thing. They're saying this. Now, only the Messiah, they believe that only the Messiah could change the order of things. Listen, you're doing this new bat. Now, they, they uh, washings were very common. I mean, the mm-hmm. ceremonial washings were very common to the Jewish people. In fact, mm-hmm. they criticized Jesus because he didn't mm-hmm. wash his hands before he ate. And when we went to Qumran, you remember, mm-hmm. we went to Qumran and they had the pools mm-hmm. that they would have ceremonial mm-hmm. washings. But he comes with this new thing. This wasn't like a ceremonial. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a ceremonial washing, but this is a baptism of repentance. repentance yeah. Now, notice this. Many times that they would baptize proselytes. Mm. But here he's preaching to the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. And basically, he's saying to them, your mm-hmm. Jewish descent your ethnic heritage will not save you mm-hmm. you have to repent yeah. and bring forth fruits meat for repentance mm-hmm. you have to you have to repent of your sin and receive the messiah so here's this moment in time that all the streams of prophetic history have pointed to the messiah is coming the messiah is coming the pharisees these religious leaders were experts in the word of god they should have been the first ones to receive mm-hmm. and to say, you, you're the one we've been waiting for. I never yeah. understood why they couldn't see that pride. Because too much. Blind, the, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the potential to men to be blind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Religious pride is probably the worst kind of pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it blinds men. Pride blinds us. Mm-hmm to that and they were full of pride and they they rejected Jesus because he wasn't the kind of messiah they had in their minds yeah because here's another thing in in the old testament you have two types of prophecies about Jesus you have Jesus the conquering king and i mean he's going to ride in on a white horse and he's going to take over and it's going to be a you know national israel again is going to rise to the top but there's also prophecies like isaiah 53 there's Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, you know, 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And mm-hmm. so there's this, this prophecies of Jesus conquering. There's these prophecies of Jesus suffering, 
they had a hard time figuring out how is this Messiah going to be one man. Mm-hmm. So in some, some places, they they developed a, a, a theology of a dual Messiah. There's going to be two Messiahs. How could one Messiah be a conqueror and a sufferer yeah. at yeah. the same time? Mm-hmm. So you can see how they could become confused. Mm-hmm. But all they had to do was look at all the prophecies, mm-hmm. really examine the life yeah. of Jesus. Now, there again, this gospel does that for us. Because mm-hmm. this gospel is so that we'll believe yeah. that Jesus is the Son of God. So he comes back. And so he says in response, why are you baptizing? Okay, Why are you baptizing? Mm-hmm. If you're not Elijah, if you're not the prophet, if you're not the Christ. And he said this, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. There again, this, this, this rolls back up to the, mm-hmm. they didn't comprehend mm-hmm. him. They're blinded to him. They didn't mm-hmm. receive him. Verse 27, it is, it is he who coming after me is preferred before me, there again, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. Uh, you made a comment to me on that. Yeah, so I've, I just was astounded when I was looking, kind of doing a character study on John a little bit, and how he he said things like i'm just a voice just a voice i mean you see like we were just talking about the pride of the pharisees and then you see contrasted this humility yet yes john was john the baptist was very bold and courageous and how he he confronted sin like he confronted herod and things but the humility is what really struck me yeah how humble was this man now who were the ones in the in this time frame who were the ones that unloosed the straps Slaves. A slave. Right. So John's saying, mm-hmm. I'm less than a slave because I'm not even worthy to right. stoop down and untie the sandal strap of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, may, he may look like the humble carpenter, but John had a revelation mm-hmm. that the Pharisees did not have. Right. They rejected him, but John says, he is preferred before me. Mm-hmm. He is so great I'm not even worthy to unloose the sandal strap. Right. I am lower than a slave. And we see Jesus in Luke 7, 28 saying that John was the greatest of all prophets. So if you yeah. look at what Jesus said and then how John is humbling himself, yes. how much more should we be? And what principally does the scripture say? The greatest among you, among you is one who, mm-hmm. who humbles, humbles himself like a child. A slave. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Now look at verse 28. Now these things were done at Beth Bethbara, Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptized. So it gives us location. Now the now, now the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him, mm-hmm. and here's what he said. And people heard him. Read this, Stephanie. Read mm-hmm. verse twenty nine. Look at verse twenty nine. What did Jesus say? And then the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God who take, who takes away the sin of the world." Behold. Mm-hmm. Look, Hmm. look, now what's John? John is the witness. Mm -hmm. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin Mm -hmm. of the world. This goes back to Passover Mm -hmm. under Moses in the the 12th chapter, 13th. It says, and they they would offer the lamb for a household. They would slay the lamb. They would place it on the doorpost and the death angel wouldn't pass by. This is the redemption through blood. And now he, he redeemed Israel, but now the lamb, the true lamb, Mm-hmm. The true light, the true life, mm-hmm. the true Messiah, the true Son of God is coming. Mm-hmm. And he's going to die for the sins, not just of Israel, but for, for the, the sins of the whole world. Why? Mm-hmm. That all may believe. That's the theme. Look at verse 30. This is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me. You know that. A man, the God man, who is preferred before me. The man, that's incarnation. The preferred before me, that's God. And uh, the God-man, he was before me. That's deity, eternity. And then it says, and I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing. Therefore, John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remaining on him. So, So notice this. Here is, John gets this revelation. And during the baptism, we, we pick this up in uh, Matthew and also Luke. Luke says he was praying during his baptism. Mm-hmm. John tried to forbid him and said, you know, mm-hmm. hey, let me, let me be baptized by you because you're so great. You're the son of God. God had given them this. He said, no, let it be so for now. And Jesus mm-hmm. submitted to baptism. 
That baptism symbolized his death. He said, I'm submitting to death. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, baptism is about death and, of course, resurrection. Yeah. Uh, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remaining on him. Here's the revelation. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And notice this. Here's another thing. All four Gospels mention that Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Hmm. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit, of course, happened in Acts chapter Mm 2. We've all experienced the baptism Mm -hmm. with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is that great baptizer. But John saw this vision. He sees, I don't think everybody else saw it, but he looks up, he sees this dove coming down and envision lighting upon Jesus. And God said, God showed him, this is he. This is the one you've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. God revealed to John, John, I want you to go baptize because as you baptize in water, you're going to see the Son of God. And so Mm -hmm. John said, I'm going to baptize because I'm going to see the Son of God. Mm -hmm. He starts baptizing people. And this one he baptized was different. Mm -hmm. He was the very Son of God. And John testifies that this is the Son of God. That's his witness. That's the message. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, read uh, read verse, uh, beginning verse 35. Let's read on. Again the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, when translated, Teacher, where yes. are you staying? Go, go ahead. And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. Yeah, and it says, the, and, and, and one of the two heard him speak, uh, heard John speak, and followed him, was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And it says, And he first found his own brother Simon, and he said to him, We have found Messiah, which is translated mm-hmm. the Christ, to Christ. And, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, when Jesus looked at him, he said, you are Simon, son of Jonah. You should be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Now, notice this. Uh, As far as what we see is John the Baptist is exalting Christ. Now, what we have is now people are leaving John's ministry. Mm -hmm. Now, in the natural thing, oh, they're leaving his ministry. Mm -hmm. But, But that's. What, what John wanted. John's going to say later, I must decrease, he mm-hmm. must increase, he must increase, I must decrease. Mm-hmm. That was why he came right. at a sh- very short period of time to point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now these disciples that John has baptized, they've repented, they, they're anticipating Jesus coming. Now Jesus is here. John's going to fade out of the way, and these disciples are going to go. Mm-hmm. Now, if we get people, if we have people following us, and they're not following Jesus, Mm -hmm. then we have not fulfilled our ministries. Mm -hmm. Our ministries are to point people to Jesus, Mm -hmm. to get people to love Jesus, to follow Jesus. And we notice that it mentions Andrew here. Now, I don't know that Andrew was a great preacher. We don't have any of Andrew's sermons. Mm -hmm. But almost every time you find Andrew and Philip, you find them bringing folks to Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you may never preach a sermon, but we can all bring people to Jesus yeah, and, I was thinking and, about and be that soul today. winners. Because I was thinking about how John is seen as a witness and a yes. voice. And I thought, we all have a voice and we're all a witness. If you, I, I yes. thought about it this way. Good I thought, thought if, if you know enough to be saved yourself, then you know enough to tell someone else. Yes. So you don't have to be a Bible scholar. And actually we see sometimes knowledge puffs up Yes. And, and confuses mm-hmm. a little bit. It's good. We, we want to, but if we're not abiding and being rooted in the love of God, yes. then that's where we can get off. But we all can be a witness for Christ. And that's what John was doing here. And, and you see the fruit of his ministry was that he was get, people were coming to Jesus. And yes. so that's a good gauge is when people hear me speak, as John did, behold the Lamb of God. Amen. Is it drawing people to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Right, that's important. You know, I've been, I just, and you know, I'm not trying to be critical of anyone. I'm not judgmental, but I, I just tell you, I've been in some meetings that I left the meeting. I was like, okay, well, 
who are we exalting here? Mm-hmm. I'm like, this doesn't even feel right. Mm-hmm. Do you realize in the old time Keswick meetings, I don't know if y'all know what those are, but in the old time meetings, if, if people left the meeting saying, wow, wasn't that preacher excellent? Mm-hmm. They felt like it was a failure. But if people left mm-hmm. those old timey meetings saying, Jesus was so glorious yeah. today, they, oh, we succeeded. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. We want to point people to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And they, they, these, uh, you know, John's saying, behold the Lamb of God. They begin to follow Jesus. He turns around and said, what do you see? What, what do you see? Teacher, where are you staying? He said, come and see. So th- he invites them. You know, if, if we follow Jesus, he's going to invite us. He's yeah. going to, we're going to get more. I think he still could be asking that question to us today. What do you seek? Yeah, what do we seek? Mm-hmm. Good, good thought. Come and see. What do you seek? Are you just, mm-hmm. you know, are we, are we really seeking Jesus? Do you want to abide in him, spend time with mm-hmm. him? It says here, uh, they, they, saw, they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. It was about the 10th hour, probably about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, depending on you know, Jewish or Roman time, probably the 10 o'clock Roman time or Jewish time, uh, mm-hmm. f- 4 o'clock that is. And then it says in verse 40, the one who heard his it was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He brings Simon to him. When he sees Peter, when he sees Simon, he says, he, 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 you are called Cephas. And he gives him a prophecy, gives him a name. He said, you're going to be a stone. Mm-hmm. Now, was, now, a stone is something that's strong and immovable. But that wasn't, that wasn't what Peter was at first. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, we see a lot of mistakes that Peter mm-hmm. made. But yet Peter is going to be the one that really is one of the head apostles. Mm-hmm. He has the privilege of preaching the very first sermon mm-hmm. at Pentecost. Yep. Different guy. Yeah. After, We're after going to the see Holy the Spirit. Lord restore him later. Yeah. Yeah, so he stumbles. Uh, He denied the Lord. Mm -hmm. He was really ashamed of that. Yeah. But yet Jesus prophesied and said, you're going to be a stone. I call you a stone. So Mm -hmm. what does that tell us about how God can work in our lives? He changes us. He changes us. I think so often we want to be identified by our past. Mm, Good. By what we're not or whatever, you know. What you hear people, you know, I was born this way or I was raised this way or I was this Mm -hmm. or that. Instead of... Jesus is in the business of changing people. He always has been. And he always ha- he's done that. We see that throughout Scripture. He makes us what we are not. So through his grace, we can overcome our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. We can overcome our character flaws, yes. of which we our all genes. have. Our what? <laughs> our genes. Yeah, you know, generational can, yeah, things. Yeah, generational things. Mm-hmm. You know? He can break all that. Because he is in the business of we're going from glory to glory. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that. Now notice this. They went and spent time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. When we get in the presence of God, the presence of his word, the presence of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. we can be transformed. Yeah. You know, be transformed by the renewing of your, by the renewing of your mind. I can think differently. Yeah. You know, we were all raised in, at some level in dysfunctional homes, and, but we can think differently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can think like the word of God thinks, teaches us. We have the mind of Christ about marriage, mm-hmm. about morals, about what the world's like, how we're to relate to the world, how we're to relate to God, who God is. We have mm-hmm. God's thoughts right here in his word. And when we don't believe that he can change us, that's really denying the power of the cross. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, true. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we deny that his power. Now look change. at look at verse 43. Let's 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 get down through this. We want to finish this chapter. And this following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. So, you know, they're baptizing down in southern southern uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. And it says, and he found Philip. Now uh, Philip, that's a Greek name. And, and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida. Uh, this is the Bethsaida's past uh, uh, Capernaum. It's up in northern, uh, on the northern part of the Sea of Galilee, a city, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathaniel. That's kind of a Hebrew name. And he said to him, we have found who Moses, uh, who, whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, Nathaniel was from a town called Cana. Mm. Now, Cana is about four miles from Nazareth. Now, in the next chapter we're going to get to, there's a miracle that mm-hmm. takes place in Cana, mm-hmm. the turning of the water into wine. But here, Nathaniel knew the history and the mm-hmm. reputation this of Nazareth. Yep. And he said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And then what did he say? Philip said... Come and, Come see. and see. He Come repeated see. what Jesus said. <laughs> so, so here comes Nathaniel. We're going to about to wind this down. Jesus saw Nathaniel 
Now here, here's, here's, the, here's his deity being revealed again. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him. And he said to him, Behold an Israelite, indeed, in whom is no deceit. Here's a man of true integrity. Mm-hmm. Here's a man that has real integrity. Here's a model Israelite, an honest man, a godly man. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said, Before Philip called you, when you were, you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus said, and I'll make comment, I'll make comment on these. Jesus answered and said, because I said to you, you saw, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe me? You will see greater things than these. And he said, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Now notice this. He knows Nathaniel's heart, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't bother a man of integrity. Right. Because God, he, you know, we want God to know our heart. People mm-hmm. want the people that are living. But when you're not living right and you have sin in your life, that's a scary thought. That God knows every thought. God knows our mm-hmm. hearts. And he will judge us according to our heart. And then he says, I saw you. How do you know me, Jesus? Mm-hmm. He said, I saw you under the fig tree. And no, now notice this. Uh, you know, some, some scholars believe that under that fig tree that Nathaniel had some kind of supernatural spiritual experience. He had an encounter with God. And some scholars believe that he was meditating on Genesis 28 mm-hmm. when, when Jacob has the dream of, yeah. of the, the ladder you know, from heaven to earth and the angels ascending and descending. Mm-hmm. He possibly could have been meditating on that verse. Mm-hmm. And he has some kind of encounter with God. And then he goes to said Philip comes, hey, we found the Messiah. And then he sees him and said, look, here's an Israelite whom there's no guile. And then he says, you're going to see the angels ascending and descending. Now notice the contrast here. Jacob had that dream, and he was a deceiver. Right. But Nathaniel has this encounter. He's the opposite. He's without deceit. Now notice this. Angels and descending and descending on the, on the Son of Man. What does that mean? Does that mean that Nathaniel's going to have a vision and see that? Maybe. That might have happened, not recorded. But it also may mean that they're going to see, they're going to see the activity of God. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the, the activity of the Lord mm-hmm. in, in the ministry of Jesus. Yeah. And it's going to start in his hometown of Cana mm-hmm. because we're going to get a miracle, the beginning of miracles. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says his glory his, its glory is beginning to be revealed in, in the miracles. Amazing. So here's what we have in chapter 1. Uh, I don't know if y'all can hear my dog. I apologize for that. Uh, we need to lay hands on him. I'm lay hands. And, yeah. So, but what we have is the first portrait of Jesus. What is it? The Son of God. Jesus, the Son of God. We have 21 portraits. Here's the first chapter. We see Jesus revealed as the Son of God. These incredible words, the Creator, Mm -hmm. face-to-face with God. He is the image of God. He offers us salvation. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we see these people beginning to believe on Jesus, the Son of God. Andrew and Philip and John and Nathaniel. And then at the end here, we see that we're about to see the outraying of the glory of God. Angels ascending and descending. Mm-hmm. We're going to see heaven coming down to earth. We're going to see the glory of God revealed through this book. And the mm-hmm. seven I am's, the seven miracles or so, you know, seven, uh, not including the resurrection, which would be eight, but uh, amazing, the Son of God. Do you know what I believe? I believe Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. Y'all believe that? Mm-hmm. He is the very Son of mm-hmm. God. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad we're his children. Yes. That's a good time to end, right? Mm-hmm. So as we end tonight, this time in the Word of God, uh, nothing like the Word of God. If, if anything that, that could happen in our lives, if we could fall in love with the Word of God, that would be the greatest thing that could happen in your life, to realize the treasure that we have in God's Word. Tonight we've studied and we've, we've gone through this chapter. And we learn Jesus is the very Son of God. That's the first portrait. And what a privilege that we're his children. Why don't we pray as we conclude this tonight? Father, how grateful we are that we are your children, adopted. We believe upon you. We trust 
that you are the very son of God, the creator, the life giver, the light. Thank you for this chapter. Thank you that we learned that John is a witness and we need to be witnesses. Thank you that you know us, that you beckon and say, come and see. Lord, as we tool through this chapter, through this book, that we'll come and see, that we'll see Jesus and we'll discover who he is more and more. We thank you that you are perfect in every way, Jesus. Bless your people tonight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen Amen. and amen. God bless each of you this evening. See you in church on Sunday morning. Bye-bye now.